let me record. If, you, if you want to get the white claws out, I mean, we can party, but that's <laughs> really our only option as far as I saw. Unless you know of another beer fridge or something. I but. just, uh, I actually did hit record because I wanted this, <laughs> this content. So that's fine. I'm here with Dan, uh, ice fishing buddy from work and that stuff, slapstick back. And we're going to talk a little bit, but we we're talking about why aren't we drinking while we do this? And he goes, There's nothing but white claws here. And so, do, do you know this about me? No, I don't. I'm a White Claw fanatic. Are you really? I have no problem admitting it. Black cherry for life. <laughs> <laughs> I was out drinking with Josh over at, over at the other desk one time. And we, were, we were out at that uh, Falls Landing, and they got rid of their liquor license. I'm like, so you got any claws back there? Like, oh, yeah, I got claws. Like, you going to drink them? I'm like, oh, yeah, they're delicious. <laughs> he has one beer, and I look over, and all of a sudden, I hear claws all over the place. <laughs> That's, That's funny. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I don't go that direction, I guess. I don't often, go but, that direction. Uh, I, I mean, if worse came to worse, I guess I would. But, uh, yeah, I mean, given that it's just barely noon. Uh, <laughs> well, here's our agenda to get back on it. Yeah, yeah. So Dan is like a uh, Lake Winnipeg guy, and I have never interviewed anybody. I just feel background. I had like some of these done with like the free app yep. last year, and I lost them. So like I've probably done a dozen. So like a dozen of these. I've never talked to anybody about. Ice fishing Lake Winnipeg, so we got that, and then some of his three best stories he's got, and he's got pictures there, lights out, and then he techniques and closing thoughts. So I guess, I don't know, throwing it right at you, man, what's Lake Winnipeg like, other than, I, all I think about is not being able to drink beer because you're in Canada fishing, Correct. but whatever. That's a that's a um, a, a loose law. Um, I, I'm not a I'm not a um, consumer of alcohol typically when I fish. Anyways, um, I'm I'm pretty much all about getting getting my limit, going home, and kind of kind of getting it done from the comfort of my own home. Um, nobody, and, and I do know two people um, from from a former life, kind of that. Uh, one of them happens to be missing a couple of his fingers, and this both of their stories start. One night we were driving across Lake Blank, <laughs> super drunk, and then this happened, and, and now he's, uh, I don't know what he's got, three fingers left on one hand or something, like he got pretty ugly, I guess, but, um, so I, that doesn't bother me, I guess, that much, but. I love how I segue right into Bruce, you're like, right. well, at least I got all my digits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this I'm, has gone I, off the rails right. already. And that's typically how it goes. I'm usually, I've been known to drive the, the bus right into the ditch, that's yeah. typically my place in <laughs> But um, I guess to get back to your question, I mean it's it's huge, is what it is. I I, I made some notes, um, went and did some some searching on how huge. It's actually the eleventh largest uh, freshwater body in the world. Really? Um, so it's big. I mean, we're talking about it's not it's not super wide, but we're talking about hundreds of miles to the north. We've looked at it, so I've seen it too, and I noticed that. I didn't know it was that big, but like, you know, we got some guys going back to the booth that can't get across into Canada and that. Right. <laughs> so where do you, I don't want to skip over your notes, where do, where do you go in at? Do you go in on the south end? Do you go in the middle? You go so, north? Because it is long, man. Yeah, yeah, So I've, I've fished a few different places, so my, um, you know, ice fishing part of the story is actually the, uh, the, the lesser um, I started out in 2006 getting a phone call from a buddy that said, we had a guy that can't get into Canada anymore. Do you want to go? It's yeah. two weeks uh, two weeks out or whatever. And I said, 
yeah, I'm in, let's go, you know. So it starts out on the boat. Um, I've only, until this past fall, due to some pretty significant flooding up there, only missed one year um, fishing out of the boat since 2006. So out of the boat, we primarily fish uh, the Red River uh, uh-huh. by Selkirk, Canada. And then um, we'll go up off the uh, Winnipeg River into um, the lake from the, I guess it'd be the east. Okay. Um, and so most of the years I went um, were only by boat. So a lot of the pictures that you've seen are all in, in the boat. So the first year I took, uh, or I rode along, kind of learned the, the lay of the land a Any little bit. Any guides for this stuff? Uh, not, for, not for the boat fishing. Okay. Um, <laughs> I am the guide for the yeah. boat now. No, I, I've, I mean, we, and, and the other thing too is that that was some of the kind of interesting thing is we've, we've named things uh, between the group of guys that I go with. We have our own names for stuff. We have the, the, there's really popular places that, you know, people will recognize the, the Miracle Mile and places like that, Netley Creek and the Cut. Um, those are all, you know, really widely known uh, places along the red that people know of. Um, we've, we've got our own places within the places that are, uh, known with the, I guess the group that we go with, but, um, just within the last couple of years is when I started going actually ice fishing. Um, the biggest thing there is besides being gigantic, um, it's known that a lot of people call it big windy. Um, you hear it called big windy a lot. Um, they weren't screwing around. That wasn't an ironic name, like calling someone tiny or, yeah. you know, whatever. It, it's windy. Like, we're talking, it could be like 40 out there and not, I mean, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the ice, it's, it's not as big of a deal. But if, if you were in a boat, that just wouldn't work, obviously. So um, it, it's pretty treacherous. That's the biggest thing uh, for the ice fishing side of it. I would say... Um, probably still right now you could still go up there in a four-wheel drive truck and probably get around um most of the time people want to get there around march uh anytime in march basically the season closes i think march 31st and um by then there's going to be sometimes feet of snow so it's pretty much track machine only um you're starting to see more guys with snow bears. I was going to say, um, they're out there quite a bit. They are. Uh, I don't think that... It, it's pretty comfortable, I'd imagine, um, sitting in there. But um, you have to have an extension on the auger. That makes oh, things yeah. a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Um, most guys, you know, you don't want to... First off, you're not going to make... You don't see many guys using electric augers up there. It's just too thick. Um, most of the time in March, you're going to need a 12-inch extension on your auger. Everybody, um, are they drilling 8-inch or 10-inch holes? Mostly 10s. Um, and then if you're going to drill a 10 and you got a 12-inch extension, uh, and you, I've actually had it with the 12-inch extension where I've not been able to punch through um, just because must have been on a, an area that had broken up early in the season, pushed part of the ice yeah. cube down and then it grew up on top of it again as well but you end up having to move over you know whatever it's 20. like five feet yeah it's it's a solid four um so what's it, auger you uh, it depends on the snow yeah. on top of it though yeah. too i mean you might be talking three and a half feet ice or four feet ice but then you might be talking about this layer of like a foot of really hard snow yeah. that you're not gonna be able to clear so um, it's, it's treacherous. Um, you wreck a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of the guys that, that we go with, 
um, have bought basically the biggest like 10 inch strike mash you can get 154 cc or whatever just the the biggest motor you Didn't can you put on it a bunch of them in one year? yeah so two years ago on the third day we were on our fourth hour <laughs> um, we ended up two of the guys volunteered to leave the third day of fishing <coughs> early and take all three augers into a local place up there and, and get some work done i mean they weren't um you know, completely wrecked, but there were pieces that made them not work. Um, you bounce around and whatever, and it's super cold, and all these little plastic fittings that connect your your fuel line to your to your motor are cracking, and and fuel's pouring all over, and and they're toast. Then you know, so um, they weren't they weren't broken forever, but they had to be fixed to That's be used. Crazy. So um, pretty difficult, but so you know the areas that we fish, like I said, um, Pine Falls. Uh, would be the area up on the um, coming off the Winnipeg River on the east side and then the Red River from the south primarily those are the areas we focus on in the boat um, ice fishing we actually fish the, like the south bay of the lake so from where the Red River opens up into the lake we'll fish sometimes right out in front of it um, or in that area and we've entered from uh, we've entered the lake from both the west and the east sides. You, you said you took a guide just because they know heaves and that stuff. So yeah, that. that's that's one thing. You know, you're kind of you're really screwing up my uh, my closing thoughts oh, here. But well, God. maybe not. I don't know. It's in here somewhere. I made some never notes, mind. But Disney. no, no, no. It's it's definitely that that is a recommendation. I think for anybody looking to go the first time for sure is hire a guide. Um, it, it has almost it, the, the actual catching fish is probably the least of the, the reason to hire them for the first time. The first time you're looking for a safe passage on and off. I think most people aren't going to go for less than like three or four days. Yeah. So you plan on going for four days. The guides, I think, have usually a two day minimum. Yeah. Hire a guide for two days. Um, they're going to show you the way on and off. Um, you know, you have the benefit of, of fishing history. They know what happened yesterday, two days ago, a week ago, last year ago, you know. Um, and then also, even though they're running their own, you know, independent businesses, they have connections to other guides. And those guides all have guys out and those guys are all fishing hard for, you know, days on end. And, and you have access to that knowledge. Now, you could be one of those guys that just figures out whose truck is whose and you just follow them around. But that's kind of a... You know, the, sure, that's yeah. that's kind of a, yeah, how close are you going to get? Because I'm pretty confident some of those guys wouldn't hesitate to come up and give you a little piece of their mind following their clientele around all yeah. day. But, um, you know, we used, and I don't know, I don't get a dollar from this, although he is a good dude and has given us information. We use we used Blackwater Cats Outfitter. Um, yeah, he uh, his name's Donovan. I'm going to screw his name up. I'm going to pronounce it Paris, yeah. Parisi. Um I've heard people say Pierce. I don't know. Anyways, he's a good dude. Uh, we've called him uh, prior to you know fall open water fishing, and uh, he's given us you know some good good intel just based off the fee we paid him last year. Yeah. You know during ice fishing. So um, I would recommend him. He's got a bunch of guides that work for him that are uh, I I think probably some of the first on the on the water checking safety yeah. and and all of that. So I don't even like open water fish anymore just because I had to trim down my hobbies and that but I'm all about you know hunting and that stuff but I do love to ice fish I try yeah. to go twice a year yeah. this year we're actually talking about instead of red because it's kind of dead maybe hitting a snow bear up in the northeast 
South Dakota, but we had Lake of the Woods. Well, yeah. We always talk about Lake Winnipeg and that stuff. I mean, I don't even like said no. You go until a guy here said you got to talk to Dan. Um, yeah. So the the Lake of the Woods. I've known people that have gone there. It's not impossible. Um, it's not impossible for you to catch something, you know, fish of a lifetime sort of sort of quality. Yeah. Um, but I think overall, most people would tell you that that's going to be more of a of a numbers bite, especially if you're guided out there. Oh, I agree with that. We like <coughs> one year we had seven guys. And we were schnockered, so I can't believe we kept track of it, right? Right. But we caught our four sauger saw guys and our four walleyes. Yep. We caught 112 fish. Yep. Like it was nobody's business. Yeah. Up there. And were they nice? Yeah. Were they anything you're going to take a picture of? No. The thing, you know what I mean? The thing that, that you, you know, I only have a, a, we were talking about, you know, our kids and their sports and all of that. And I only have a certain pot of money for everything. Yeah. And I got a boat. And, you, you know, when it comes to, what are we going to spend this pot of money on? Um, I'm not going to go personally go to Lake of the Woods to not catch a, you know, something to take a picture of. Because yeah. when I think about it, I'm skipping past all these exits in South Dakota where I can catch limits off of every yeah. one of them, you know. And, and I say that super confidently. Um, but, I mean, I've been fishing since I – I've been fishing hardcore in South Dakota – I'm from Iowa originally. I've been fishing, ice fishing here since I was 10 years old. Um, I mean, I've been on every little slough in this place just about. Um, when I spend the money, when I spend the time to drive that far away, I want to I wanna hold a fish of a lifetime kind of a deal. So and let's segue into this because I want to hear these stories and that stuff because I've seen these pictures. First off, on the ice and that's I don't care how many... I use pounds and that stuff, and some people do 30 inch fish. Now, how many 10 pound fish have you caught out of Lake Winnipeg? You? Um, I have no idea. Dozens? Oh my God. I have no idea. Um, so, that's insane. The, the very first year I went by boat, um, open water fishing, um, I only got one. Uh, she's on my wall yet. Right? I know, right? Oh a spoiled jerk. <laughs> kind of an asshole, really. Oh, um, you're an asshole. Yeah. So There's I only got, I only reasons, got one. But... Um, it but weighed, the fish is just add to it. Right. I, I, these these Rapala scales, you know, they vary. You, you find one, you got to weigh them with three of them. They have all different poundage on them. And, and what do you, you know, do you pick the smallest one, the biggest one? Most people pick the biggest one. Uh, of probably, course. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, As um, I'm pulling on the tail. The one thing that doesn't change is length. Yeah. And then you can pretty well tell, is it? the fattest of the fat or is it you know a a leaner fish and so that very first year it was a rough year i mean that was just probably up to that point as cold as i've ever been in my life um yeah i mean it snowed every day in the boat i remember my friends didn't have a a travel tarp on their boat they scooped their boat out every single day oh my god and uh yeah i mean it was it was just brutally cold we knew people that left early uh from their trips we got a little break in the weather, but we're still talking highs of right around freezing. I mean, it was pretty brutal. That's so cold. That's on water. that's conditions. Yeah. Um, so so it was it wasn't the easiest fishing. We caught plenty of fish to eat. We got some you know low twenty inch fish, and then I think it was probably like the the third out of four days on the trip. I mean, I could have I could have went home and never seen that place again <laughs> and I got a little a little tap on the long rod and I told my buddy's dad who was in the boat with us I said I just I got a pretty good little hit there and you know all of a sudden probably 
less than five seconds later, I got the the thump, yeah. and it's different. Um, anybody who's caught, especially vertical jigging, has caught a fish Is that, that what size. You're doing? That's oh. all we're doing. Is that uh, all you ever do? Pretty much. Oh. Um, if you see me pulling my plugs out there, and I'm a plug puller, if you see me pulling plugs up there, it probably means something's not right. Um, it, it means that I don't have a lot of confidence that the fish are moving like they should be, and, oh. and we're going to go hunting for them instead. Yeah. Um, we sit over the anchor. If, if it's a good, normal week, we'll sit over that anchor for all four days. Really? Um, sometimes in an area, in the best years, we've sat in an area smaller than a football field for four straight days. Um, yeah, and when you, when you get that bite, when I got that bite, um, kind of the whole the whole works comes up your your back comes up you sit up straight your arm you know you're, you're trying to flex and everything comes up and the rod just stays down by the water and you know yeah. it's on and uh so yeah that one i mean measured out 29 and like seven ace that's the other thing that it's a pet peeve of mine I'm going to buy, I need to, I need to, I don't know, start giving bump boards away for free up there or whatever. There's been more 30 inch fish caught by people and I, I'm not buying that. 30 is a tough number. I've known a lot of guys um, that have fished and I've seen a lot of fish go, I've seen more fish than you wouldn't, couldn't even believe going 29 and 7 A's. How many, how, how many 30 inch fish have you caught? Three. Three. Three legitimate 30 inch fish. Two 30s and one 31. Um, Were they all up there? Yep, oh. every one of them. Probably my biggest my biggest fish to date in in South Dakota. I think I caught a couple of years ago um, was just shorter twenty eight. It yeah. just a uh, quarter inch twenty seven and three quarters something like that. Um, but yeah, all three were up there. Um, I mounted the one that was thirty one. Yeah. <laughs> um, although I kind of wish I would have released her and kept it either or both of the other two or all three uh the longest one was was the thinnest of the two by by quite a bit the but still the 30 i got one that was 30 and a half that was just an absolute pig from from just behind its ears all the way to its tail it was thick so but yeah let that one swim another day so but yeah it's it's different um it's it's weird on the on the river you know it's it's vertical jig fishing <coughs> it's it's um we buy Live bait's really, really expensive up there, so we buy these tubs of salted shiners, uh, locally caught, you know, shiners that are frozen and packed in salt, and um, that seems to be what they what they want up there. Um, like I mentioned, patience is such a big deal doing that. Um, gear is pretty vanilla, a good, it doesn't even matter. Jigging rod doesn't really matter, although, you know, every year it seems like guys are upgrading to more and more expensive yeah. stuff but a good uh, a, a good rod you know something with some sensitivity uh one piece rod is usually yeah. what, what i would prefer and paired with a good good spinning reel with some with some jig or with some with some good drag like how and i don't know anything about like how deep are you vertically jigging man? 16 oh so it's not even that deep if you saw so so the reason we fished the Red River out of the boat God. is because of the the size of Lake Winnipeg. Yeah. It doesn't take the weathermen to be off by a mile or two an hour 
or if it's coming more out of this direction, just a little, just a just a couple degrees different than what they stop, predicted. Yeah. There's nothing to slow waves down, and you'll be you'll be in such bad shape out there. And and my boat's 17 and a half feet. Um, it's a it's a lund full windshield, and then it's, yeah. you know, but you just don't want to be out there. It's it's a bad situation. If, God, if you got me intrigued, though. no, I just yeah. I did to me. I'm like, well, you know, like right. It's 32. Well, you know, so like so the. the what I'm talking about, 16, That's that'd be the Red River. 16, yeah. 14, 16 yeah. feet, yeah. Red River. Not much you're going to find deeper than that. Um, and that's typically where we fish. Um, when we've gone off out at, uh, out at Pine Falls, um, that river channel is actually really deep. Um, however, there is, you, you, wanna, you want either to be following somebody who can take you safely out there, or you want a, a good chip in your electronics. Yeah. Um, there is one spot where it looks wide open and it doesn't look any different than the last like five or 10 miles of the river, um, but there's only like a couple hundred yard area where you won't lose your motor. Um, and we got really close to that uh, pre-GPS. Yeah. I, I was still in like, what year, probably 08, 09, no, 08, probably 07, 08, uh -huh. uh, did not have GPS on my boat. Everything was like, you know, a tire on the beach over here and a tree over here kind of a deal. And that's how we <laughs> found our places back. But um, we went out and we went out following a group of guys and we had to go around the buoy one direction, you know, in the dark. Mm -hmm. And we got out there and the wind picked up and we're out there with this group and the rest of the crew bailed. We're one fish away from having a limit to bring home and, and um, you know, take back to the hotel with us. So we stuck it out and we caught that last fish, but it was getting pretty substantial <laughs> in terms of waves. So we're yeah. going to run for cover and we're heading back and, you know, we're trying to remember this. It was dark kind of when we came out and kind of foggy and whatever else. And we came back and, and uh, you know, my buddy, Eagle Eyes, he, he sits there and he goes, something's kind of funny up there. And so I'm way, way off the gas, you know, we're, we're just idling up to it. And we're like, what is that, you know? And it, it looked like the water was shooting straight vertical out of the water. It was the like the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. So we, <laughs> motors trimmed up, we creep up to it and look. And, and sure enough, that was actually uh, a part of basically the rock ledge. That'll just, I mean, it's, it's like two inches below the water. And just as far as we can see to the, you know, whatever direction that is, the east or northeast yeah. or whatever. And so, yeah, we had to end up going all the way to the far side of the far side of the river to get around it. But, I mean, that was that's how, you know, non-marked and kind of wild it is up there. And, yeah, um, but that where we where we actually spent most of the day fishing was less than 10 feet out there. Uh, we did a lot of plug pulling um, on at Pine Falls, and yeah. that, that was probably, you know, using Fireline and using, like, number yeah. five Rapalus. I mean, not not terribly deep diving Rapalus. So, That's crazy. Um, yeah, it's it's really not not deep. When you're on the Red River, there's parts of it that are maybe only a couple times wider than the Sioux. I mean, it's not impressive by any means. Yeah. Um, this is a, a north-flowing river that actually starts here in the northern part of South Dakota, um, goes up through Fargo. That's is it Travers? Yep. No. Yep. Um, that's what will actually flood out Fargo. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, what keeps these, these greenback walleyes up there, there's uh, basically gates, essentially, um, locks. Yeah. They're, they're at Lockport, Manitoba. Yeah. Um, that's what keeps this fish. But um, 
if you've never seen one, you know, that's kind of the, the interesting thing. Everybody calls them greenbacks. It's this, yeah, it is. It's a, it's just a, an absolutely, you know, freaky, like emerald green color. If you've never seen one up close, I I've never seen really, it's getting better, you know, um, but I've never really seen a picture that does some of those fish justice. I mean, it's just the genetically they're identical. Um, but the, the coloration on them is, you know, you'll see those, you know, sometimes you get them where they're real dark and gold from other places or, you know, whatever. This is, I mean, green and white. It's it's just different, but yeah. uh, really cool. Uh, I guess they say that comes from the, the limestone, whatever, limestone. Stuff like, like the Iron Range, too, in Minnesota, they got the, that different color just because of their habitat and that. Do like, uh, do they have, how do they say do they have, like, any other kind of fish in there? I mean, it's not deep. Do they have lake trout and all that? Uh, not not really? that I know of. Right. Um, I, like, I don't know so, about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, you know, besides the walleye, uh, they've got saugers, and then yeah. I, I would say there's there's a, a mix, sawguy. Yeah. Yep. Um, and saw guys are what you'll typically catch. And, and my opinion on those, if you're getting those, you're probably not exactly in the right spot. I've never, uh, right in the middle of catching, you know, a bunch of these little vulture <laughs> saw guys all of a sudden caught this pig wall. I'd yeah. never seen, you gotta be away from them, I think. And, um, but then I think, um, they have, they have white fish is another one. Okay. And then, uh, I never caught one of them. Um, I know they have pike. Um, the uh, Selkirk is actually famous for their catfish. Really? Uh, the summer catfishing up there. And actually, that might be a trip. I've, I've been talking to a buddy about taking a trip, paying Blackwater Cats. That's why it's called Blackwater really? Cats. Okay. Um, the hotel we stay at has a giant catfish statue. I mean, big, in front of the place. It's, huh. it's like as tall as the buildings around it. Um, and that's, that's what they're famous for. You rarely catch them in the, in the winter. Um, when you do... You, they're usually mistaken for the biggest walleye anyone's ever seen because they they don't do their normal like summer you know rolls and and kind of figure eights in the water it's just it's just weight it feels very walleye like when you catch one but Dead, lethargic pretty rare cold. yeah ah. um some of the biggest bullheads i've ever seen up really? there unreal and then um they have these like skipjacks or golden eyes um kind of a little Kind of a weird little fish. Um, they, yeah, they bite. Their bite is the weirdest thing. You usually know when you got them. Um, they'll bite vertical, which is really strange. They'll hit the bait from below. Instead of pulling your hook down, they'll actually, all of a sudden, you'll see slack off your line. Oh, and weird. Yeah, so you just kind of start reeling until you feel weight, and then you pop them. And yeah, I Are they know. good eating? No, we don't keep them. No, I, don't I don't know. Um, yeah, I've seen them. Sometimes they'll take the hooks and they'll wreck themselves, and then you just you flip them out and wait for a bald eagle to come by. That's usually <laughs> we've got some pretty sweet videos. It's like two of that these, two of these like the one yeah. there. You get one buddy, his cousin, like, what do you catch? Something? I don't know. This something goes. In. It's a tulip, but he goes. He goes. Heard it. It's a turtle Right. Yeah. No, we've had some fun. Um, boat fishing, you know, because we've done that so many more times, has been pretty pretty good. Um, I thought I was sitting in a place where I was about to witness the end of the world one year. Um, what a, It was just seagulls everywhere. Like, they wanted to be on my boat, and I've never seen this before. And me and, me and my two buddies are sitting in my boat, and like, 
like what's happening so like something's going like why are they coming you know why are they coming by us and what we what we didn't know is we knew that a buddy's boat was up river from us and it was weird too because um they were actually down river from us but the wind was pushing from the north enough to get the water flow coming towards us what we didn't know is that they were flipping cheez-its into the water oh my god and there had a band i mean when i looked over the back side of the boat because I had just no idea why they were around us. I didn't see anything. When I looked on the backside, it was nothing but orange cheeses on behind the boat. And these birds were just, I mean, they, they didn't care. They would just land, like, just about on the boat. And it was just, yeah, it was, I don't know, it was something. You sit there for four days over your anchor, you're going to find something, you know, to do to entertain yourself, I guess. But, oh, my gosh. Um, but no, I mean it's it's a it's an awesome an awesome opportunity. Um, it's a it's a opportunity that's not going to be around forever. Um, you can go. I mean, you can YouTube any number of things. There's a number of uh, marine biologists that are basically giving their explanation on why it's fading. Uh, like is it, it fading? Is. It is. It's dying. Have you um, noticed it? Oh yeah. Oh. Um, it's it's getting worse every year. Um, What's the reason? So, so, so I guess if you back up, um, the reason that these fish were like they are is outside of just having the space, the size, the food, everything else they need to be, um, you know, really, uh, prevalent and, and really, um, do really well is, uh, they had a bunch of flooding, like in the late nineties and early two thousands that really expanded their territory even more, made it even, um, even better um, in terms of uh, the the productiveness, the productivity of their spawn, yeah. and so it's a lot of the fish that they were that we were catching for so many years were fish from the late '90s into the early portions of the 2000s. Yeah. Well, um, I actually watched probably close to an hour YouTube video, and this this marine biologist was giving a presentation to some important people in Canada, uh, whoever, I don't know. And his reasoning, first and foremost, was just the overfishing um, by commercial fishermen, uh, especially on Lake Winnipeg. Gill netting is still very... Oh, they can do that? Oh, yeah, very prevalent. And it's oh. disgusting if you see what they're pulling out of there. I mean, fish of uh, millions of people's lifetime are getting pulled out of there, butchered up like a, like a giant walleye steak, and then sold back to us at high V or whatever for, you know, $14 a pound or, or whatever. But, um, I guess, and, and, you know, I, I'm, this is to the best of my I'm recollection, Canada, I guess. All places allows that. Correct. Well, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, that's a major problem. Oh, I'll get to that right now, I guess. That's a major problem with the area is that they never really understood what they had yeah. or what they have, what they were sitting on. Um, I remember in the late 2000s, from 2006, 2010, we would come in, we'd fill three, four, five, six hotel rooms for a week, whatever. Yeah. The whole place was boats, nothing but boats. It was all fishermen. We'd go into the, the local establishment for, you know, a pile of chicken wings yeah. and, and a bunch of, you know, Canadian beers. That's where they make their money. And these people would ask, well, what are you here for? We'd say, we're, we're walleye fishing. And they'd look at us like we just landed on a spaceship or something. I mean, why? They, they all thought we were either deer hunting, goose hunting, duck hunting. 
Um, that's what they thought we were there for. And they just had no idea. They don't even call them walleyes. They call them pickerel. <laughs> um, that's the, that's, that's what they call walleyes up there. It's a pickerel. And huh. if you, if you ever talk about a pike, Northern Pike, they talk, they call them Jack. Um, so if you ever find yourself in a conversation with a Mountie or something, you're talking pickerels and Jack, you'll know kind of what he's talking about, oh but, God. right. But, um, they just had no idea. I mean, it was just, it was just bananas that people would drive 500 miles, 550 miles each way to come fishing. And it's I'm like, sure well, <laughs> you know, I mean, I've been fishing for, it took me 30, I was 31 years old when I caught my first fish over 30 inches. I really? mean, it just, it's, <laughs> yeah, you go up there and, and, uh, you know, it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee you'll get a 28, but um, you'll see them usually, especially in the late 2000s. Couldn't guarantee you'd catch one, but you'd see one for sure. Huh? But yeah, so the the marine biologist basically what what he was saying was that with the commercial fishing, there was a, a really even split between what they were fishing for. Um, so walleyes, and then I think saugers, and then I think whitefish is is the three species they were after. I think they smoke the heck out of whitefish, don't they? I don't know. I don't know anything about them. I've never caught one. I um, think that's what you know. I, all those smokers places up in northern minnesota sure almost, i love smoke fish sure crackhead for it yeah well the the basically smoke fish and white cloth's a great day <laughs> <laughs> well you know give me a call sometime i'm i'm i'll at least try it i'm not gonna say no but no i mean basically there was just a really even split in what they were fishing for and as walleye popularity went up the their fishing was was just unsustainable yeah. everybody switched over from you know evenly fishing for whatever was available in the area that they could fish in that's something i hadn't really mentioned but um the commercial fishermen there um own a territory on that piece of water that's theirs and that's their inheritance for their kid so there isn't a pension <laughs> you know there isn't a 401k provided there yeah, they get to earn what they out, catch that's right but what are you gonna do give it up you know no um, it's just like me like you know yep. short-term long-term gain you mm-hmm. know what i mean yep everything and in the world is that way that's the thing like, but oh, if they want to take for my kids but then i'm like oh it's a pretty awesome buck or something yeah like that, i know? mean the, i think the problem that maybe canada has is they're trying to figure out well, what are we going to tell these people we can't just take their spot away if they fish it out they're out of business anyways but um what are we going to do tell them they don't have a livelihood anymore and their their little piece of you know fishing property that's been theirs for three generations now oh, doesn't man. belong to them anymore and so they got a mess um, the popularity and the price paid for a, a pound of, of walleye compared to the other it's species crazy. is crazy and that's why they've all started focusing on going after these fish that are honestly way too big to, to eat well in I my know. opinion I mean it, you, you go to your meat counter or your grocery store go look at the fish there go look at the, the I think they're labeled walleye pike I, that's not a name familiar uh, that's not what I call them, I guess. But I look um, at them every time I go in there, and the huge. one thing the one thing I can pride myself is I've never bought like fish I can catch. Like I'll sure. go, don't go. I'll buy salmon. Sure, I'll buy tuna. But yeah. like I've never bought fish I can catch. Right, and that's the that's the thing. I, I kind of have a similar rule um, with uh, um, restaurants as well. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, I don't. I will buy salmon. You know, I'll buy. I, I'm kind of a big sushi guy I yeah. like sushi a lot but um, I'll eat that because I really can't cook you know well I can't make that myself 
Um, but when it comes to like walleyes, unless it's like some sort of like a game feed put on by a yeah. whatever, yeah. I mean, I I don't ever buy <laughs> walleyes anywhere. I that is. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather just cook it myself. I've got a you know the the proven method or whatever. We've tried every which way. But, what do you do with yours? Um, we do a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm 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 pretty. My my actually favorite fish to eat is perch. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So those are my favorite. And if you ask me or pretty much anyone in my family, when it comes to perch, there's just one way to do them. And that's that's to fry them. Yeah. Um, my family happens to like shore magic the best. Um, shore magic. Or yeah, no, not shore magic. Fry magic. Sorry, fry, fry magic. magic. Yeah, it's kind of a just a light breading whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm willing to eat shore lunch. I'm willing to eat some of the other kinds. Yeah. It's it's fine. The beer battered stuff. I'll eat it any which way. Walleyes though, you know, fried is fried is good. Um, I like them. I don't smoke much, really much of anything, but um, I do like uh, I do like it on the grill. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's any healthier. You know, typically you make a boat out of tinfoil. Yeah. You fill that thing with butter and garlic, <laughs> and then you just lay your fish in there. I've been, but, like, putting mine down. Try it. Be a little healthier than that. Put them out of olive oil, which sure. I think it's good sub and that stuff. But I have been putting garlic and rosemary on top. Yeah. It turns out tight. Like you know? broiling them or yeah. grilling yeah. them? So, so broiling we, and grilling them. We broil quite a bit. I, like, I don't know. I love fried fish. Yeah, I was going to say, fish fry is kind of... that's. Oh. That's kind of one of my favorite things to do. We have a um, a trailer, a camper up at Lake Ponset. Um, that's that's kind of like a once or twice a month thing. That's all awesome, summer long. Man. We got a group up there. We got you know big you fish fries. Northerns and that stuff. Um, so yeah, going back to the eating raw fish, um, I'm more than willing to not. They're pickled, but I pickle almost every northern. Oh, yeah. So I was going to say, if you got any, I see I my buddy up in Brookings, he saved yeah. about 11 for me. I pickle yeah. northerns like you wouldn't yeah. believe. So I'm, I'm, I like pickled northern. I, I prefer it actually to pickled herring. I think, I think it's way I think, better. I think a northern is a better meat. It's a good, firm meat. Uh, a northern's a meat eater itself. It's just, it's good stuff if handled the right way. Um, they're, they're, they're very solid. I think they're awesome. Man. Yeah. Um, I like catching them. I mean, it's good time, good time catching them too. Um, if I'm after a big walleye, they usually frustrate the heck out of me, but, uh, God, all I think is like <laughs> those pickled jars on me. Right. I am obsessed with them. Yeah. Like the, I'm supposed to go up Turkey on with our fall tag this week. My buddy saved me all those northerns, but the blizzard's coming, so who right. knows? But I'm like, all I can think about is pickling those right. things. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, you know, if. Uh, I'm sure there's just like anything else a million ways to do it. Um, I know my my grandma, I think it was hers that I tried. I don't know if I ever even tried it or if she was just, you know, saying that she had such a good recipe that somebody gave her. And so, you know, when I was living up here by myself and I was just, you know, up to my elbows sometimes in fish. And so I finally I just called my grandma and I'm like, can you send me that, you know, copy yeah. that recipe or whatever. I get a, a card in the mail or letter in the mail a couple days later. She sent me the, the one and only card. Like I have the official card in my grandma's handwriting with the, the magical, you know, 80 year old recipe on it or whatever. I have a photo, man, of, of mine. That's, uh, I was up at my buddy Seth's and like, yeah, like they brought, they came over. Hey man, I heard you're in town. Got some fish for you. Just like everybody in the right. up there. And I'm like, this is awesome. Can I get that? And yeah. I got photos of it. It's just a little old lady's cursive yeah. handwriting. That's, that's what mine is too. 
would be really funny. I wish I had a picture of it. It would be really funny as if it's my grandma's hand. Well, you're about, to, you're about to find out because I got a photo of it right here. If there's something called, oh. like, like you use wine at the end of it, right? That's part nope, of the fun. No, okay, nope, nope, this, no is, this isn't it. No, I drink the shit out of that. Yeah, I was going to say, you have trouble keeping the one cup from the bottle, huh? So ours does have wine in it. Um, yeah. That's kind of how you finish it. That's, that's after the cooking process and everything, but... Um, that was the thing was it had I forget what it was called like silver satin wine or something I don't know what it was some kind of a fruitier like white wine and really one of the first time I made it I didn't know anything about wine mine's from the kitchen of Loretta Clem you know Loretta (laughs) Clem nope not it there it is uh, I went to the I went to the liquor store and I'm like have you ever heard of these kinds of wine there were like three different bottles and the look on the, the dude that owns the liquor store's face was just like, like again, I was talking like Mandarin or something. Like, he had no idea. Like, yeah, so no, that's that's primarily, we will fry them sometimes. Um, you know, just in the last few years, I've really learned to clean them um, a lot better. Yeah, my grandpa was good, but I never yep. learned that where you could get those Y bones just nice. Yep. And there's actually other ways to do it too. Um, you do lo- you lose a meat pro- or you lose a chunk of meat, probably about as thick as your index finger for almost the length of the fish. Yeah. Um, but then you you actually don't mess with the the Y bone portion of yeah. it. But um, I can show you that that works pretty slick. Um, but yeah, it's it's really the big thing there, and we did some some kind of side by side testing one day up at uh, up at Dry Two by Willow Lake. My buddy mm-hmm. was a an old fashioned, you know, he's he was old fashioned that way. You just you don't kill a fish until it's time to go home or whatever. And so we, uh, much to my dismay, took a live northern and threw it in my live oh. well. I know, we took mine roughly the same size and we sliced it and we put it on stringer behind the boat and we just we just let it trail around behind us until it was good and bled out and then we threw them in a cooler and when we got home i mean we took pictures of it and everything we each cleaned our walleye his was slimy and yellow and you know pretty much everything that that gives a northern a bad name for yeah. some that's what it was and then I cut into mine, and it was like I'd cut into, you know, the side of a snow hill or something. I mean, the meat could not have been whiter. I'm a big ice guy. I like, you know, live balls yep. are great and that stuff. I love throwing fish on ice right away. Yeah, and I, I, I like to have. I like to kill them um, right away. I like to bleed them out. I'll, I'll use my walleye uh, or whatever. I'll use my live ball for that yeah. for almost everything. I'll slice them, throw them in there. Keep the pump on so that blood's not just yep. sitting in there. It'll cycle all that blood out of the boat, and those fish will be, you know. Actually, when I pull them out of the live well, they almost have no color to them. Yeah, you know, they've they've lost everything. Throw them on a cooler, you get home, and God, they're just they're sweet. easy to deal with. They don't. I've never heard of that. You don't you don't bleed any of your fish. No, shoot, I just, should. We always just throw them right bleed on them, ice and that stuff. Bleed them, throw them in water. Those flays will be whiter than you've ever seen. Really? Yeah, and they're they're actually super easy. They're just a little bit. You know, they got a little rig of mortise going. They're a little bit firm so that, you know, Sometimes they're not nice flopping around. Them. Yeah, they, I mean, you, you can wipe wall, you can wipe four, eight, 12 walleyes out Jeez. just slicker than you could imagine. But that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I've been a lot of places, I guess. I've done a lot of things. I'm going back. You know, I guess uh, I'll try to swing this thing back around to, to well, the Well, let me ask you one thing before we get there. Yeah. But this is on my agenda I put in there. 
that border crossing and that stuff. I know you told me about it, Matt, but like for we actually have like 300 people listen to this crap. I can't believe it. Right? One in Poland, too. One in Brazil and one in Canada. Well, I, I Poland, I you, you know, it's Canada, I hope I haven't offended anybody. I didn't, I said Mountie once. I don't know if that, that's like a big thing. Is but. it hard getting across? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that we've gotten really good at it, and I don't mean to sound that like I'm doing something wrong, um, but they're going to ask you questions. Um, pretty standard stuff. You know, you can't take live bait. That's a big one. They're going to ask you if you got live bait, especially if you got a boat or fishing equipment yeah. behind you. Um, you. You can't be taking dangerous weapons, no guns, obviously, unless you've registered ahead of time, that, yeah. that whole business. Um, you know, you can't have any sort of a, uh, you, you can only have like, uh, manually open knives, stuff like that. You can okay. have like switch blades, which I, yeah. I'm pretty sure are illegal here too. Um, you know, you can't be, this was the best question ever. This, this one is probably the only question in the last decade that's tripped me up. And it happened this past year, this past winter going into Canada, ice fishing. They asked me if I was bringing pot into Canada where pot is legal. <laughs> I looked at it and I'm like, no, I mean, that's where we're going to go buy it. No. <laughs> no. no just, man, we're gonna buy just joking with you. But especially if some of the 300 people you work with are our bosses. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah I'm going to get randomly drug tested this afternoon. This, <laughs> <Straight> this afternoon. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uploaded it. Hey, man, I'm going to need you to come over. <laughs> yeah, Jeff's going to come over. Hey, Jeff, I haven't talked to you in a few weeks. And yeah. yeah, we're going to go to Sanford real quick. But, but no, he asked me if I was taking, you know, marijuana into a place, from a place where it was illegal to a place where it was legal. I, I was stumped by that one. I was no, you know, yeah. but um, otherwise, the DUI thing is real. Um, the yeah, if you're if you're within five years, you're rolling the dice. Um, they might turn you around. We had a, we left a guy in Pembina one year. Yeah. Um, you know, he rolled the dice and it didn't work, and he ended up having a semi truck driving buddy happen to be coming back that way and picked him up and brought him back to Sioux Falls. But yeah. otherwise, I mean, we're. You know they're they're not screwing around with it. Um, I've been pulled into the office twice on the way into Canada. Um, the first time we had a um, it's my my buddy's brother-in-law and uh, well, ex-brother-in-law now. Uh, <laughs> this is a whole different story, but um, but he he's a active serviceman. You know he's been to his passport had stamps on every page. He's he's been on deployments different places. You know, and not that Canada would care, you know, about our our uh, servicemen and women, but you'd think at least it would be like, yeah, this guy's probably hasn't been in really deep trouble, or the middle, you know, he'd be sitting in like Leavenworth or whatever, but wherever. Um, but we get pulled inside, and this this was kind of a this was one of those times when my attitude really got in my own way. Um, we used to when we were young. Um, this was the, the very first year I took my own boat. We used to leave to save one night a hotel room. We used to work on Tuesday. Yeah. After work, like 5 p.m., 5.30, we'd be up in Sioux Falls or whatever. Everybody come to my place. We'd load up and we'd head out. And we'd drive through the night and we'd get there sometime way too early because we could never... We should have been leaving at like 10, but we'd yeah. leave at like 5. And we ended up rolling through at like 4 in the morning. Well, 
I don't know why we did this either, but we used to always go with big pockets of cash. Everything was cash, you know? I think I left Sioux Falls. I probably had like 500 bucks in my pocket. Yeah. Hit a bunch of gas stations. You're pulling a boat, you know? So we stopped in like South Dakota once, and we stopped in Fargo, and, you know, probably a couple other stops, and then you go to the border, blah, blah, blah. And we get pulled inside. No idea why. This was this was a new thing, you know? I had to go park the, the rig and go inside, and... Um, this lady who is apparently just as happy to see me as I was to see her at four in the morning, um, was really kind of giving me a bunch of crap, you know, about coming in that time. What are you doing? Where are you going? Blah, blah, blah. We get to the money thing and she says, well, how much money do you have? And I, I really didn't give her that smart of an answer. I gave her probably the most honest answer I could say. I said, well, I had $500. I stopped here, here, and here and spent, you know, maybe like five bucks a place, whatever. She kind of snapped at me and was like, I didn't ask about how much money you have on you. I asked, how much money do you have on you? And me being, you know, young and a little bit dumber even than I am now, um, pulled the whole damn works out of my pocket, slammed it on her counter and said, this fucking much. And that was, that was not the right thing to say. It didn't really affect me. Um, she, she kind of finished her questioning and I was allowed to go sit down. My, my buddy, um, he went through the same process, the same questions. He learned from my mistake and got through pretty slick. You were just a leader. Right. The service man that we had with us got up to the counter and she says, do you have any whatever convictions, blah, blah, blah. And the first thing he said, he kind of leaned back and said, like, well, and me and my buddy looked at each other like, what the hell? You know, who did we bring along? And it turned out that he had some issue up at actually SDSU. He had, I don't know, there was some kind of a fender bender and there was a whole story to go with it or something. And basically somebody claimed hit and run and it wasn't, or it was, who the heck knows, but it was a suspended imposition. And he ended up having to pay, <laughs> this was awesome too, um, he ended up having to pay a $200 fee to get a temporary permit into Canada. I had a friend that had to do that to get up when we were working up yep. in Winnipeg for projects back in the day. Yep, and he basically, that thing, we had to tell him what time we were going to be back on what day, and that thing had a due date on it that said, you know, if you don't return this by that time, we had to go back to that office and drop it off. If you don't, you'll at that point be a fugitive, potentially, or whatever. I don't remember what the what the threat was. But the part that really made that awesome was he was actually younger than we were, and we didn't have any money. We had no money whatsoever, just enough to get up there, yeah. basically. It was shocking our wives let us go, you know. But um, he had even less. He was still in school. He had a wife. He was married. He was just about done with school. But uh, he and I actually both had a secret. Both of our wives were actually pregnant, uh, but we were we just had barely. The crazy thing is both his kid and my kid were born on the same day in the same hospital here in town. Talking uh, fish story. We, well, yeah, just about. But, but it was just the weirdest deal was, you know, he doesn't have any money to go. He just spent $200 to get into the place. He ended up catching a fish, uh, a big mounter fish, the very first day, and listening to him talk to his wife, at some point in their phone conversation, his wife asked him, have you been spending much money, or something to that effect, and his response was, well, no, not really, you know, some food here and there, but that's about it. 
He didn't say a word about the $200 entry. He didn't say a word about the $400 mounting fee that he's going to pay when he got home. And he didn't, I mean, he just didn't have anything. And not only that, he was so happy that he caught that mount on the first day. He picked up the tab for supper that yeah. night and the, the whole works. And I'll tell just, you what, it's, it's easier hilarious. to ask for forgiveness than permission. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it would have been, it would have been a difficult deal to explain all that to her on the phone. It'd be easier to sit her down when you get home and, and, uh, you know, uh, just beg for forgiveness yeah, pretty much. But, but all right, we got, I got meetings coming up. Yeah, what do you got for closing thoughts? No, I, you know, I, I just put a couple things down. I don't know that I haven't, haven't hit them. Um, the, the one thing I put down that this is, you know, a fishing, uh, a fishery, I guess, in decline. Um, the fishing is not as good as it was 10 years ago right yeah. now. That doesn't mean anything yeah. though. I mean, I caught, I caught uh, one, well, no, what did I get? I got one over 30 inches and two over the 28-inch proud angler size yeah. last ice fishing trip. I mean, they're still there. I, I kind of believe that you'd have to be even luckier now to have one of these, like, 10 fish years. That that particular year uh, with my buddy, the, the, the border crossing incident, I got 10 of them over 28 inches that Jeez. year. I mean, that was in one trip, and the first one came... Probably about 15 minutes after we got there, I hadn't even put my jacket on yet. And those guys had never seen a fish that big. So when I snapped the picture and kind of launched it overboard, the, the I got a puke look on their face kind of both showed up. They were just sick by it. But, yeah. but I mean, I, I think those days are gone, but it's still here. Um, it's a relatively cheap trip. Um, you know, if you, especially if you've got the gear um, already, and most guys do for the most part, um, most of these trips don't cost, you, you'd have to kind of work at it to spend a lot over 500. That's what ours is too. And I know we go, I go for tradition like yep. it was with those guys. We grew up in Minnesota together and there's eight of us, but it's 400 bucks. And I mean, where else are you going to get a $400 vacation? Well, and that, that's just it. I mean, it's, it's one of these things that if, if you have the opportunity to fish of a lifetime, now's the time, you know, it's probably mm -hmm. not as good as last year, but it's still better than it'll probably be next year. You know, five hundred dollars. That's that's probably pretty good. You know, it's it's some of that. Uh, some of those things are are. Uh, I had a heck of a time coming up with three, really narrowing it down to three stories. I mean, the things that I remember, just I can still hear. That's a great podcast, dude. My, that's the one where I'm actually keeping quiet. That's where. <laughs> my, I can still hear it though. I can hear the echoes of you know my buddy's voices the first time calling for the net, like. This might be it. I can hear it yet. Yeah. Um, you know, same thing with, uh, you know, some of the, the ribbing and the practical joking yeah. and all that. It's uh, it's good as it gets, I guess. So, we, uh, when are you going again? You're going this year in March, right? Well, it kind of depends. I don't think my wife's going to listen to your podcast, so I'll, I'll tell you if you keep <laughs> it kind of quiet. I have about two to two and a half weeks straight reserved at the hotel up in Selkirk. Um, I'm not going to be able to go the whole time. No. But really? I'm really kind of thinking about, I might try to go. And, and we actually have some friends that did this. They went five times a couple years ago for just like, they basically left Tuesday after work, drove up there, and then fished Wednesday Thursday. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and drove home on Sunday. And I might try, I, I'd love to try to do that twice. I don't know if that'll work or not. Good for but, you. But are you going on the ice in March, right? It'll be, yeah, yeah it'll be late March. And it's, it's got to be done by the 31st. The season closes. Yeah. That's it. Um, 
there'll still be plenty and there's still a ton of ice you know it's it's kind of a cool trip because you go up there it's still cold it's still very much winter you come home it might be 50 degrees That's the day you come home i mean yeah. it's it's just it's starting to get nice here about april one yeah. you know so it's it's really awesome so Good for you man. yeah i'm gonna uh, i'm going once for sure i'm gonna try to uh, you know, pull how many guys magic. go up there with you? It, it varies. Um, the ice fishing deal is um, ice fishing deal is a deal where you got to have enough seats on the track machines for however many guys are yeah. going. So uh, my buddy has a, a Polaris Ranger. It's a crew cab one with tracks. It's got a topper on it. Um, so we're, we're taking four. We don't have shacks with us. That's one tough thing about it is there's not room. You can't pull them because yeah. you will beat the shit out of everything you've ever bought. You don't bring portables or anything? No. I might buy a small portable, just one, mm-hmm. and I might put it on top of the machine this year because I got pretty cold last year. One, one of those fish I caught... I was a really long ways away from my buddy, and I waited a really long time without my gloves on for him to see me waving, waving him down, you know. And uh, I got pretty cold, so I might throw one on the roof this year. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, you can't pull enough out for everybody. Um, and then in the fall time, it just comes down to how many guys are you comfortable sitting with in in your boat. You know, it's my I'm a good Dutchman too, but I got even you know more uh, more hardcore Dutch buddies that they're gonna sit with. They're gonna sit with. Uh, you know, three other guys in a boat. That's pretty tight. I'm a I'm a three guy max because yeah. by the time you put three guys total, including yeah. me, because yeah. by the time you put your cooler in there, you got every bait and everything else. Man, it's it's not big enough. Yeah, that's so. a lot of space. Yeah, cool, man. All right, we gotta call it because I actually yeah, have to yeah. get back to work. This is like the greatest lunch ever. Yeah, All right, right. thanks, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Bye.